Get your day started with a breakfast full of positive music, fun, inspiration and so much more. Rise and shine with Felon DJ. Weekday mornings on Vision. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. When you look out of your window and the skies seem clear, well, there's a tendency, isn't there, to relax. But when there are storm clouds brewing on the horizon, it's time to check to see if your safety and security are in place and time to check on the neighbours. Well, over the years, many people have looked to the ministry of Koinonia House, founded by Bible teacher Chuck Missler, for intelligence on trends and threatening issues and how to approach them as a Christian believer. Well, as Chuck Mishler transitions some leadership functions to others in the ministry, it is our pleasure today to talk to Ron Matson, the Managing Director of Koinonia Institute. Ron has 40 years in the pastoral ministry. He's taught verse by verse through the Bible. He's hosted television programs and taught extensively on subjects like evangelism and leadership and end times topics. And Ron has been on the board of directors with Chuck Missler at Koinonia House since 2009. And so it is a pleasure to welcome back to 2020. Uh, to you, Ron Matson. welcome. Well, wonderful. It's great to be back on the radio with you again. Uh, Ron, uh, we should say you are based in New Zealand. And, yes, of course, uh, with Chuck Missler there in New Zealand. Uh, give us a quick update on what's happening with Chuck these days. I know he does less ministry as he's uh, growing a few years older. Uh, what are your thoughts yeah. on, on how things are developing? Well, um, he moved down here with his wife, Nancy, of course, in 2010, in 2014, he really um, began to go into retirement, uh, after, uh, especially after the death of his of his wife Nancy in 2013. And uh, by the mid year of 2014, he was fully retired. He passed over the mantle, as it were, uh, to myself to become not just the managing director but the president and CEO of uh, Cornelia House. But as to how Chuck is doing, he he's he's well. Uh, he, he'll be 84 years old this year, but as he likes to say, he's 84, but he's high mileage. Uh, he's done a lot in his life, and he's just settling back and uh, and enjoying the fruits of his labor. He, he makes no public appearances now, and uh, he just lives here um, at the River Lodge, which is our uh, headquarters and conference facility that we have in the, in the middle of the North Island. Uh, and he is just uh, resting in the Lord, just waiting for the next phase really for him which will be to go be reunited with his wife and and see his lord and savior so uh he's he's physically um uh healthy uh but he is just getting old and um and he's not taking visitors he's just um just sort of um staying to himself and and just with the people that are very close to him so he's he's well he i gave him reports all the time uh, as to the 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 uh, condition of the outreach and uh, the number of people that are responding to him through radio or television or the other medias, and uh, he's always encouraged by the by the outpouring of of uh, thanksgiving and support that he gets from all over the world. So he's 
he's uh, it's really encouraging for him. He feels like he's just connected with just this huge family in the body of Christ. So he's doing well. Well, you know, at age 84, I think listeners will celebrate uh, the fact that he's had such a fabulous, long teaching career. And uh, people who are listening in Division will still be very familiar because a lot of that wonderful teaching that he's produced over the years continues to have a life uh, here on Vision Christian Radio. And to know that there is... And an important element here, a succession plan when it comes to leadership. And you've been the uh, succession heir designate uh, for a long time and and moving into that role can't be easy. They are big shoes to fill. But in one sense, uh, Ron, uh, give us a little bit of a an insight here. In one sense, you're Ron Matson, and uh, yeah. you bring your own personality. It's not as though you are trying to fill the shoes of a great Bible teacher like Chuck Missler, but uh, but you bring your own personality to Koinonia House. Yes, yes. You know, it's interesting. Over the past uh, sort of five years, the board of directors has been aware of the fact as, as Chuck turned was it was ending his seventies, going into his eighties. Uh, you know, he really was anxious to uh, to uh, not have the um, the ministry simply be focused on him. Uh, but on the material and the ethos of encouraging people to take the Bible seriously, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. And so we began, even back in, in uh, uh, four or five years ago, putting in place those types of things. And and so from my perspective, when people say to me, oh, you know, how on earth are you going to replace Chuck Missler? Well, to, to be honest, the, you are right in saying no one's going to fill those shoes. In fact, no one should try to fill those shoes. That anytime you try to perpetuate another man's ministry, then that becomes a dynasty. And uh, God is always looking to build upon uh, things that are, are a good foundation, but he, he, doesn't, he doesn't create a, a, um, a dynasty of teachers. You, you take a look through even church history, um, you know, Spurgeon or anybody else, the, the next generation that comes along uh, is not going to be them. And uh, I like to sort of joke with people with regards to, especially in the early days of people talking about um, that were close to the ministry, oh, what are we going to do when, when Chuck's no longer there? Who are we going to get to replace him? And I said, look, we've already got a, a, um, an advertisement out there uh, on LinkedIn that says we're looking for somebody who's uh, um, a top top-of-the-class graduate from the U.S. Naval Academy. Uh, take your, um, your um, uh, after graduation, uh, become a, uh, an officer in the Air Force. Uh, while you're there, we want you to work on some st- st- top-secret programs and uh, get qualified as, as, a, as a premier guy in computers and so on and so forth, and, and become, after that, leave the Air Force and become the youngest senior executive in the history of Ford Motor Company, uh, in charge of their computer systems division, uh, which was just being developed, and on and on, and you can just keep saying these things, and they were all oh, right. Yeah, no one's going to be able to <laughs> to uh, to be that type of a person. He was very um, uh, had a uh, an interesting bag of, uh, of of tools that were available to him, just because of the, of the life experiences we have. And and the truth of the matter is, we all have different life experiences that God uses um, if we're willing to to open ourselves up to that. Myself, I come out of a background of both ministry and industry. I uh, was involved with the early Jesus movement at Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa in the, in the mid-70s, 
But at that same time, um, recognizing that I wanted to be more involved in missions work, um, saw after a while of being on staff there uh, in Calvary Costa Mesa uh, that really to be on the mission field, I needed to be like Paul and have a, a tent-making um, uh, sort of way of providing for myself. And so uh, through a, a long series of fortunate events, sort of like Joseph, I found myself uh, working in the aerospace industry, eventually as a senior project manager, first at IBM, uh, their federal sectors division, and then eventually with the Lockheed Martin Corporation as a senior program manager on big defense contracts, and and um, and that's how I that's how I paid the light bill. And then in parallel to that, I was what's called bivocational in that uh, I was also pastoring churches. I did that for close to thirty years, um, where I would work and also work a full time job and also pastor churches. And then in the 90s, got linked back up with Chuck Nussler. He's been a personal friend of mine for many years. In 1992, he and I linked up, and um, um, I I began to just work with him, and uh, that relationship just grew closer and closer, and we saw each other really as ministry partners, and I was just the silent one in the background, which I was quite happy for, you know, uh, to be the the one that no one sees, but just takes care of lots of the the the, the back office details and, and ministry aspects. Uh, but when when he moved the our operation and our headquarters to New Zealand, uh, he really uh, he and his wife really put the thumbscrews on me to uh, move me and my family and and the part of the ministry that I was involved in to join them here. They felt very called uh, to the South Pacific, and uh, so. Um, I resigned from the church I was pastoring in, the, in, the, the, in, in Portsmouth, England, and, which I had been at for 21 years, and, um, and stopped any consulting work I did and just moved down here and have been in that position of serving alongside of him. And now really looking for the next phase of Cornelia House, which is, again, the vision's the same. It's just to encourage people to take the Bible seriously and uh, to um, look at the world through the lens of the Bible. There's a lot of confusion, uh, a lot of things happening in the world. Um, what we have today is not what we had last year or 10 years ago, um, and uh, the Bible is, a, is, a, is the perfect tool uh, to be used under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to understand the times in which we live. So that's the focus of the ministry now, and hopefully... Um, we'll continue to produce materials, myself primarily, and others. Um, we've jo- had others join our team um, uh, that, that sort of take some of the aspects of Chuck Missler, and we spread them out under a half a dozen other people who focus um, more individually on areas of, of trends or, or areas of interest. And, uh, uh, and so we're just sort of uh, multiplying the... Uh, uh, the sense of who the ministry publishes uh, and is associated with in connection with fulfilling our our call to to really equip the saints. So that's that's the probably more information than you asked for, but nonetheless, it gives you a status of who I am and how the ministry is going forward. Do you know what I think that uh, Chuck Missler is held in such high esteem by so many of our listeners uh, to hit? to hear of the succession uh, plan and to get a bit of your background and to hear what's happening with Koinonia House. Uh, I think people won't mind uh, that little extra detail, Ron. One of the things that, of course, uh, Koinonia House has become known for 
and that Chuck Missler had a unique way of bringing, as you say, a biblical lens to look at things that are happening in the world. And the use of the Koinonia Institute as like an intelligence gathering uh, mechanism. Uh, can you encourage us that that intelligence gathering continues and the look at world trends continues and uh, that you've become now something of the spokesperson for uh, the way that we might look at some of those issues that are happening around the world uh, with that biblical lens? Yes. Well, you know, it's interesting. There's, there is the aspect of being the spokesperson. That would be the person that is speaking on behalf of others. Um, but it, we, we also find uh, quite by not our own design, but I think what the Lord has done is we're also um, the center of a wheel where spokes come in, in that sense. If you, it, it just, we have an eclectic group of people that are associated with us uh, that, um, that, that give us uh, information that, uh, um, that we're connected with um, just through the institute. We have about 10,000 students at any one time uh, that are registered within the institute, which is an online uh, learning tool um, where they review the material that we produce, but also we encourage them to um, uh, use that information to uh, in, in their everyday lives. And so, uh, you know, the body of Christ is is an incredibly efficient uh, organism orchestrated, designed, and and utilized by the Holy Spirit. And as a result of that, uh, if there's a lack, it's probably because we just haven't recognized the part of the body that is going to is going to bring some clarity to that issue. And so, fortunately, because of our position of being a non-aligned uh, or non-denominational type ministry. Uh, we have all kinds of people uh, who probably, if they were all to meet in one hall, they would get along as well as any other church. In other words, there'd be <laughs> lots of yeah. lots of different type of characters. But individually, as they as their as their um, uh, uh, sort of connection is connected with us, uh, we we benefit from uh, just a lot of of, uh, of people from all over the world. They just sort of. Uh, give us impressions, ideas, insights. Uh, the Lord is is speaking um, uh, in and through his, the body of Christ all over the world, uh, strategically placing people that uh, would in otherwise be unheard of. And of course, we live in a day and an age now because of of uh, all the electronic media and the capacity and capability we have to communicate. Uh, you know, there's no no corner of the globe where you cannot both give and receive information that could be vital for you, uh, which perhaps is being developed or tracked by someone else. And so uh, we, we do that, um, you know, to the best of our ability. So we do, we do have some, some interesting little, little trickles that come in, and plus we have our own experience. Um, both Chuck and I were in uh, a lot of environments where uh, we were privy to um, – um, things that are still valid today, uh, and uh, relationships with people, uh, and uh, so um, that still benefits us in, in being able to get a get a sense of you know what's going on in the world. Because certainly the world is, uh, as as it's been popular to say, there's a lot of fake news, a lot of uh, misinformation, disinformation, uh, out and out lies, uh, and so it's hard to know 
you know, where to go and, and what to trust anymore. So uh, we, we hope that we can at least add some uh, some clarity to, to some of those issues, especially as it relates to Scripture. That, at the end of the day, that's the only place where the light really exists, is is in and through Scripture illuminated by the Holy Spirit. So that's where we want to ultimately lead people. We're, we're not going to be an organization, nor should we try, that's going to be, uh, you know, the ultimate uh, uh, intelligence service to tell people, you know, what's happening in the world uh, as a, uh, in terms of just the, the secular aspect of their life. The, the Bible does give us clarity that anyone can read to, to figure out that we're, you know, Matthew 24 kind of stuff, that, that in the final age, they'll, they'll be, there's lots of trouble. And um, and and it's been lifted there for us. And if we keep our eye on that, then we see those things coming over the horizon. We shouldn't be surprised. So, yeah, I mean, okay. it's a, it is fun to see just what the Holy Spirit's doing with us. Life, culture, and current events from a biblical perspective. Twenty twenty on Vision. Our talkback line open on 1-800-316-316. You might have a question or a comment for our special guest this hour, Ron Matson, who's the Managing Director of Koinonia Institutes. Uh, you can also leave a question or a comment on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash vision radio. Uh, Ron, let's talk about some of the big trends. Uh, let me just note with you that uh, just as late as yesterday, uh, there was some concern from the International Monetary Fund about the growth of the global debt that has ballooned uh, to a record $211 trillion, a trend that could make it harder for countries to respond to the next recession and pay off debts if financing conditions tighten. Uh, What are your thoughts on the ballooning debt in the world? Well, you know, the Bible does tell us that that, uh, covetousness is something where we desire that which we don't have the ability to afford and uh and and really it leads to stuff that that brings about death and uh, economies around the world are all in this mode of gotta have it now gotta have it now it's the it's the sense of the way the sales force works is to uh, create a sense of of need where perhaps there isn't need and as a result um, we are we are at a point uh, globally. There's not a country in the world that's not um, uh, touched by this issue, and of course that is national debt. Uh, you put on po- top of that personal debt. People follow the same thing. If they can find, there's still room on their credit card. They feel that they should, uh, uh, you know, carry on and and because we got to have it now. Let's borrow it. Oh, interest, low interest. Let's buy that, uh, even though I don't have it. You know the Bible says the the borrower is the lender's slave or fool, and that really is what's happening. You know, in all of this financial problem, the people that are uh, the only people that are really benefiting from it, of course, are the um, the credit card companies, the finance companies. Not even the banks necessarily are; they're just the exchange mechanism, and uh, so it really does spell a uh, fact pe- people have been focused in the financial world have been focused on what they call the debt bomb uh, and that is the fact that uh, they recognize that you cannot service debt forever uh, at some point uh, the penny has to drop uh, re- sort of 
the idea that everyone is going to have to pay at some point. And, and that economic collapse has been on the horizon. It's had some adjustments. Uh, 2008 was one. Here recently there was a financial adjustment in the states, and and uh, this takes a, a small shutter in their, uh, you know, people sell off billions of dollars uh, in, in a lost position. So it really is um, what's taking place today. People as Christians need to, as soon as possible, as quickly as possible, remove themselves from that snare of debt. Uh, churches, ministries need to be very careful about what they uh, invest in and uh, not trust um, the the fiat currencies and uh, financial systems, which were are all based on greed, and um, and they need to be putting their trust in the Lord and perhaps simplifying their life. And uh, but the, the financial problem and issue is a, is a problem and will continue to be a problem. Uh, they're they're acknowledging it now is a little bit too little too late to be honest. Ron, people can hear your American accent and we do tend to take our cues from how the US is faring financially and it looks like things are booming when it comes to the economy in the United States. And therefore, if things are booming there and things are booming in other nations around the world, we can tend to have this idea that things are good, let's not worry about storm clouds that might be on the horizon. You're yeah. suggesting that this uh, this debt... Uh, ballooning is continuing to be a huge storm cloud that needs to be yes. uh, taken into consideration as we even make decisions about our own lives. Yeah, well, the, the truth of the matter is that the um, it used to be when you when you um, gave a figure for the health of an economy, you looked at the gross national product, and uh, that was a that was a manufacturing base. It says, what are you producing that's a value? Now what we do is we look at an economy on how much they are spending. So that would be like saying, um, if you are personally in debt, but you got a new credit card and went out and bought yourself a new car, all the neighbors would think that you are doing financially really well because you went out and borrowed some more money to buy a car. So that's the false indicator that the economies look or, or analysts are reporting now, because if they actually talked about gross national product versus debt, they would see that they're in a position to where all the countries in the word world are insolvent. We understand that as a small business, what that what that term means, but um, this is a mentality that says the way you get out of debt is to spend more money. That's like saying to get out of a hole is to dig it deeper. Uh, and that's what economies are doing. They are, they are waiting. It's, it's, it's in a matter of who's going to blink first and what economy is going to fall first. And then, you know, we down here in the South Pacific will be in the, in the aftershock of that. We are both Australia and New Zealand are commodity based, um, uh, economies. Uh, and therefore we, we have something that we can sell to others where the United States is primarily a consumer market now. And so they measure how much are the people buying. And uh, as long as the buying is going up because of confidence in buying, then they'll continue to buy, but the way they buy is through borrowing. So there's no confidence there as far as I'm concerned. Just a couple of minutes out from news, uh, let's take a quick call. Robin is in Mount Morgan in Queensland. Hello, Robin. Welcome along. Need oh, to be quick. Sorry, what are your uh, thoughts? 
Yeah, um, oh, there's a number of things, but um, I just want to say thank you firstly to Quinonia House. Um, a lot of the um, ministries that I follow online are all endorse um, Chuck Missler and that's where they had their beginnings and so do I. And yes, I appreciate what you were saying, uh, Ron, because uh, Joshua uh, followed after Moses. Who could fill Mo- Moses' shoes? But he was totally different and that's the way God, I mean, God had a different role for him. Um, he was more a warrior. Moses was a priest and a, um, you know what I mean. Anyway, the other yep. thing I wanted to comment was deception. Um, it is such a, a, a big problem. Like if you try to talk to anybody about the Lord or anything, there is so much deception. And just about everywhere you try to say something, there's a trap. And you know what they're thinking. And you sort of think, well, actually, you really need the whole Bible to give an answer. And that's where I want to say thank you to Coinonia House. Because, I mean, I I, um, I play um, Chuck's um, DVDs uh, and CDs all the time um, that went along with my own Bible studies. Uh, Robin, look, I need to you know, cut in just to get a quick response from Ron because we're coming up to the news. But Ron, uh, your thoughts for Robin? Yes. Well, uh, first of all, appreciate your your insight and support. And yes, deception. Probably after the news, we'll be able to talk about it in more detail. But deception is the real problem. The, the, the thing that the Christians need to be looking at is deception in the world and by the world. And the greatest antidote for apostasy is the study and the knowledge of Scripture. So hopefully we'll just all stay on that same track. But I hope that answers your question. Uh, Thank you so much to Robin in Mount Morgan. We'll continue our conversation after Vision National News. You might like to contribute 1-800-316-316 or leave a question or comment on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash vision radio. Ron Matson is our guest. He's Managing Director of Koinonia Institute. We're back with more in a few moments. Coming up, Afternoons on Vision Christian Radio. In today's Fun Friday program, we'll be looking at some funny stories in regard to failed driving tests. Also, another episode of Desperate Husbands, and we'll pay tribute to... Ron, let's move on in when we're talking about trends and even storm clouds brewing on the horizon, how to weather coming storms. This issue of deception that was raised a little just before the news is a very important one because in this digital technology age, it seems to be that deception is not minimized. Deception is bigger than ever. How do you feel about uh, the idea that somehow or other even Christians can be easily deceived? Well, I think that when you take a look at the Scripture, the Scripture tells us that when you, when you analyze all end times prophecies, in other words, people love to say, you know, what are the signs of the times? Uh, is it a, a rising superpower? Is it the mark of the beast? Is it global this or global that? The Bible is quite clear that the greatest sign of the end times is the sign of deception. Matthew 24, Jesus begins with that uh, when they are talking to him about, tell us what, what are the things you know, that are about to happen. And Jesus says unto them, take heed that no man deceives you. Uh, uh, Paul and Peter both began epistles by saying, you know, there'll come a time of deception. This end time will be a type of deception. So deception is without a doubt, the number one indicator of the time in which we live in. And of course, in a general sense, they're, they're, uh, it's hard to know who and what to believe, especially now with, with uh, misinformation, disinformation. Um, you, you never know what's taking place. In fact, uh, having worked many years in the, 
in the defense industry as a as a program manager with an aerospace company, I can tell you that the the um, first strategy in war uh, is to confuse your enemy. And uh, in fact, they say that the first casualty of war is truth. Uh, so we have the source of truth. And as we see the signs around us, we may not be able to unscramble the news reports, but we certainly will be able through the lens of Scripture and the ability of the Holy Spirit, discern the times that we're in. And uh, that's what we at Cornelia House encourage people to do, using Scripture, because the Scripture is quite clear as to uh, what this final age will be like. Ron, the old saying, we don't know what we don't know. And that would be the same for all of us, no matter where we are on our journey uh, to maturity as Christian believers. There are some things around the corner we do not know yet. Uh, and yet this opportunity to share the truth that we do know, to have a pursuit of truth, to have a diligence and, uh, yeah. dare I even say, a humility to be able to say, you know, I, I didn't know that uh, or I yeah. don't know everything, uh, but we need to be pursuers of that truth so that we can avoid uh, this issue of deception. What are your thoughts on yeah. avoidance? Absolutely right. When you recognize when Paul was in his final period of imprisonment in Rome, he writes to his young disciple Timothy, and he and he tells Timothy um, that the Spirit expressly says that in the latter days some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. And uh, and and that's the age in which we're in. We need to understand that that in 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 warfare uh truth is knowledge is power and truth is is light and uh therefore we're not going to get that from the standard um news services we need to get that from the word of god and be illuminated uh that's illuminated by the holy spirit that's going to be the the safe place for us as christians in this time we're not told to go change the governments of the world or balance the 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 economies of these uh, different nations that we live in, but we are told to go into all the world and preach the gospel. So we need to be prepared to do that um, through the knowledge of the Bible. Now it is encouraging, and there's a safety uh, there's a safety mechanism in being part of a local church. Uh, sometimes we think of the church, though, as being uh, the safe place when it comes to deception. Uh, but there is a sense, isn't there, that that each one of us needs to take a personal responsibility not to be deceived, to know what the truth is, because there is, as some will argue, even churches that are swept along, even in this secular age, uh, by a very secularized uh, ideal and uh, perhaps not paying attention to the deceptions in the way that we might hope. Uh, what are your thoughts about taking personal responsibility as a believer? Well, I think that's essential. I think that, sadly, um, the, the what I'll refer to as the brick-and-mortar church, um, the organizations that, that, that build that type of, of, of facilities oftentimes um, uh, create an environment where it is the layman and the pastoral staff, and therefore the layman are supposed to just literally lay there and, uh, and, and take what they're given, and the pastoral staff are responsible. And and that's comforting in one sense, but it's also dangerous in that we all have responsibility. We all have access to the same word. We all have access to the same spirit. And in fact, 
we need to test all things, hold fast to that, which is true. Uh, that's what Paul told the church in Thessalonica, that they, they needed to understand that spiritual things were going to happen, deception was going to happen, but they need to test the spirits. It's one of the, it's one of the gifts of the spirit, that of discernment, that of testing the spirits. And, uh, you know, Paul wrote to the Corinthian church and sort of chided them, uh, uh, this is a very, you know, uh, vive, you know, a vicarious, strong, uh, charismatic type church, the Corinthian church, and he writes them and he says, um, uh, if you're not careful, you might believe in another Jesus. You might, might believe in another spirit, and you might believe in another gospel. So there is a counterfeit Jesus, there's a counterfeit spirit, and there's a counterfeit gospel. Uh, Jesus said, um, when the Son of Man comes, uh, there will be those that say, Lord, Lord, and I'll say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity, I never knew you. Uh, that's a very frightening thing to think about, that there could actually be people associating with the Church, the real mystical body of Christ, who are Christians in name only. They, they have a profession without a possession of salvation. So uh, it, is, it is something that your own personal spiritual hygiene and responsibility is your responsibility alone. Now, you're a Bible teacher, and uh, in those footsteps, uh, like Chuck Missler, and uh, this idea of using the Bible and recognizing the authority and the trustworthiness of the Bible, uh, even today, I'm sure that if there were a poll taken right now, even of listeners uh, to our conversation today, uh, there would be doubts and there would be concerns about the trustworthiness of the Bible. Perhaps it's because of uh, the idea that there are deceptive things uh, that are impacting on us. There are more than one story uh, that are, are being told. But this idea of the trustworthiness of the Bible, this is something I think uh, that every individual has to settle in their own hearts uh, so that they can live their lives according to uh, the teachings of Christ. What are your thoughts on the trustworthiness of the Bible and how it's been drawn into all sorts of uh, controversies even of recent times? Well, it's very popular, of course, by skeptics to um, call into question the the very sense of the document we use for uh, understanding um, our spiritual journey. Uh, no other religion in the world has a document that is quite like the Bible, um, something that was um, collectively written by 40 authors over a 2,000-year period, um, thematically, uh, design-wise, uh, an integrated document. I mean, there's just so much you can say about it. Um, it's been it's been the target of so many critics, and therefore it's easy sometimes for people to listen to that siren song and find themselves uh, seeing their own confidence, um, uh, you know, destroyed. And what they need to do is go back to first principles. Uh, a, a, within Cornelia House, available through the Vision Store, there are a number of resources that um, uh, quite adequately list the historicity of the Bible. What what is this real history? Uh, the credibility of the text of Scripture. Um, uh, you know, is this just a, a fairy tale, or is there is there something of substance that I should be concerned about, and so on and so forth. Um, sadly, the greatest um, contributor to the lack of confidence 
uh, in the Bible is not necessarily the secular world, but Christianity itself. You have these so-called scholars uh, that that um, bring in uh, what they would consider to be doubt uh, in this or that and, and speculate upon Scripture, and thus you have uh, people who just blindly follow that. So um, a, a, even a tertiary study of some of those resources should settle the issue in terms of the credibility, historicity, and, and viability of Scripture. Let's take a call. Alex is on the line from Essendon in Melbourne, Victoria. Hello, Alex. Welcome along. Good morning. Yes, I've got a couple of scriptures to um, uh, confirm that the Bible is the only answer for everything. Uh, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 9, we read, Be not carried about with divers and strange doctrines, for it is a good thing that the heart be established with grace not with meats which have not profited them and have not been uh, and have and have been occupied therein and the other one is uh, in uh, Isaiah chapter 7 verse uh, 15 it's the example of Jesus himself growing up and learning from the Holy Spirit butter and honey shall he eat that he may know to refuse the evil and choose the good. Many people say, oh, you've got to get into this or that just to know what they're all about. But the Bible actually teaches differently. It says, get rooted and grounded into the word, and that way we will know the black from the white. Alex, good thoughts. Uh, let's get a response from Ron. Yep, absolutely right. You know, Alex is correct in the sense that, um, in fact, people... Uh, when they ask me, you know, what book should I be reading? I say, we've well, got 66 to choose from. Um, I, I don't um, necessarily encourage people to, to do um, a lot of uh, um, outside study initially just because of the fact I think you need to get grounded in the Word. You need to, to not be told what to think but how to think, and you'll, you'll be taught that through using the Scripture. Um, as you use it, uh, it has a way of, of, of giving you a foundation. It gives you strength, gives you discernment, uh, because you have a, something to compare what you're hearing or what you're thinking against. And so the knowledge of the entirety of Scripture, you know, it's interesting when, when uh, the Apostle Paul met with the Ephesian elders of Miletus, he said, I, I have not neglected to declare to you the whole counsel of God. And I, I wish more Christians would take that on board, that it's not, you know, what their favorite teacher's saying. It's not even what Chuck Missler's saying, and he would agree with this. It's, are you taking on board the whole counsel of God? It keeps you away from uh, getting falling down, you know, the proverbial uh, doctrinal rabbit hole into, into some wonderland where you can get lost. Uh, just stay with the entirety of Scripture, and, um, and you can't go wrong. Thanks to Alex in Essendon. Let's take a call from Mike in Tasmania. Hello, Mike. Welcome along. Oh, yeah, look, thanks for taking the call. Um, in Genesis 3.1, the devil's first words were, did God really say? And I think that that's what he keeps saying to people today. Did God really say, you must be born again? Did God really say, you must repent? Did God really say this and that? So he's a, he's a deceiver and a liar. Mike, good thoughts. Let's get a response from Ron. Yep, perfect. I couldn't have said it better. 
Visions 2020 with Neil Johnson. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Ron Matson is the Managing Director of Koinonia Institute. He is our guest and we've been talking through some issues, some storm clouds. And when we talk about weathering a storm, uh, sometimes we think that's only an economic storm and that if there's some sort of an economic downturn, we need to be prepared. And we did talk a little bit about the ballooning global debt uh, in the first part of our conversation today, and that has moved into another storm cloud that's brewing, this idea of deception, uh, which is rife, and in a digital technology age is bigger than it's ever been and something we need to take note of. What leads on from this idea of deception, Ron, is the sense in which if you are deceived, you can very easily fall away from your faith, can very easily fall out of your local church. This is one area I know that you're concerned about. Uh, this is another one of those storm clouds brewing. It's uh, it's don't lose trust in God, don't lose the trustworthiness of the Bible, don't lose your faith, and don't fall away from your church. Uh, this idea of apostasy is is what uh, falling away from the church is about. Yes, absolutely. You know, uh, Paul encourage Timothy to Timothy chapter 2 verse 15 where he says be diligent to present yourself approved to God a worker who does not need to be ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth and and that's the whole package right there you recognize the problem and you put in place the appropriate defensive and offensive measures you know I worked for years in the aerospace industry and especially in the military world and that is that is the standard uh, response to threat understand your enemy uh, put the appropriate defenses in place, uh, qualify the threat, and then take the appropriate actions. And Christians should be doing that, and we have the greatest tool, which is the, the double-edged sword, the Word of God. When you talk about an antidote for apostasy, how do you talk about that in a simple, uh, easy way to understand that? Well, I think that the antidote is simply um, used as a, as a metaphor to talk about a way to fight how do you fight a, a, an oncoming problem, uh, an epidemic, which misinformation, disinformation is an epidemic in the world, um, and especially within the church. And the way you do that is you just simply uh, take on board something that will help protect you against that. And the greater knowledge you have of Scripture yourself, uh, the more chance you have of being able to identify and um, repel uh, air, and so that's the the idea of of an antidote for apostasy is to know the word yourself, be ready instant in season and out, be ready to give a man an answer for the hope that lies within you, sort of a thing. Now, there's a protection, isn't there, that comes from your connection to a local church. Sometimes if you feel like your local church is not performing the way it ought to, there's this sort of temptation to step outside the boundaries. That may be a big mistake, though. Uh, what are your thoughts for people about being loyal, faithful, and bringing to their local church uh, some of these yeah. issues that actually in, in, enhance the, uh, this antidote to apostasy and, uh, and, and standing against deception? Yep. Well, Hebrews chapter 10 tells us something I think that's perfect here. It's verses 23 through 25, but it ends with that um, this is not forsaking yourself, the assembling of yourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhort one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. So um, 
the we are called to the body of Christ, not the monastery of Christ. And there is there is great strength and counsel. Yes, there's difficulty, but such is it in all relationships. I think that uh, putting yourself uh, into fellowship and relationship with other Christians, um, iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens his friend. I think there's we need to be able to learn in the body of Christ how to sharpen one another, to protect each other, uh, and to aid each other in this global war against the body of Christ. Well, Ron Matson, it's just been a great pleasure having you as a guest this past hour. Uh, you're the managing director of Koinonia Institute. Uh, and when listeners go to the Vision Store, vision.org.au, you'll find a link there to the Vision Store. You'll find lots of teaching there from Ron Matson, as you will lots of teachings there from Chuck Missler, uh, who was the founder of Koinonia House, Koinonia Institute. There is a website too that you can check out, uh, khouse.org. So if you're wondering, uh, how do you spell that Koinonia again? Just go khouse.org and you'll be able to connect too with Koinonia House and uh, some of their great teaching but as I say you can get that great teaching when you go to vision.org.au because lots of the teachings of the likes of Ron Matson and of Chuck Missler are there in the Vision store. Ron just a pleasure getting your update and uh, let's make a plan to do this again sometime very soon but appreciate you being a part of 2020 today. Sweet thank you Neil it's a pleasure. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.